welcome to Wellness Your Way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, and I've helped thousands of people find their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of that work, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Hello there, my friends, and welcome back to episode 90, wow, of Wellness Your Way. I'm so thrilled you're here today because we cover just a few of my favorite things. We start out with food, one of my favorite things, and a study comparing plant-based meat substitutes to chicken breast. You'll want to hear this one. Then if you're a productivity ninja like me, I'll share a new tool that has been helping my productivity. And finally, we'll wrap it up with my best healthy travel tips. Let's dive in. In health news you can use, today I am reviewing a new piece of research from the American Chemical Society's Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry. Published on June 22nd, 2022, it studies the impact of plant-based meat substitutes versus animal protein options or regular in quotes meat. As we've discussed before, these plant-based protein meat substitutes can be made from all kinds of various plant-based substances. And the quality really runs the gamut from honestly chemical soup to protein options that are made from cleaner whole foods Um, ingredients like quinoa and beans and organic non-GMO soy. So of course, I've always directed my clients who are vegetarian or prefer to eat less meat to choose mostly whole foods first. And then just like anyone else, if they are going to choose a plant-based meat substitute, I recommend really uh, carefully looking at those ingredients over just the front of the package, which tells us almost nothing, or even over just the numbers on the back. Like you might look at grams of protein, but if the ingredients are not something that you choose to put in your body, the grams of protein doesn't really matter. So that's what I've always recommended, but I've kind of had this suspicion that they're still not absorbing the full amount of protein that's listed on these labels from some of these like, quote, magic meat substitutes. And this new piece of research confirms that. So what they showed is they, or what they did, they compared chicken breast, whole natural chicken breast, to a plant-based meat alternative, which was made from extruded soy and wheat gluten. This is very common. The extrusion process is a form of processing designed to make the protein more accessible um, and, and change the format slightly. And this protein alternative had long fibrous pieces, kind of like muscle tissue. So the structure was the same Uh, It looked the same. It tasted the same, all of this, or tasted as close to the same as it can get. It was a a bona fide meat substitute or meat alternative. Now this was an in vitro or a laboratory test. So of course more research needs to be done, but 
in the lab, they used a human digestive enzyme to break down these two protein options. And they showed that the plant-based alternative proteins were not as well absorbed by the human cells. So human cells were not uptaking the same amount of protein from this plant-based meat alternative, or we were not getting the same benefit from an equivalent amount of protein, which is huge. Why is this even important? Well, I'm going to link to a blog post in the show notes all about uh, the importance of protein and how much protein you need and all of this kind of stuff. But the short answer is protein is important for almost everything from building lean muscle to improving body composition to bone health, immune health, wound healing, healthy aging, so much more. We need protein. And the average healthy eater tends to skimp on protein. Honestly, the clients that I find coming into my office who have been working on healthy eating for a while, but haven't had the results they want, almost always they're too low on good quality protein. So what does this mean for you? If you are vegetarian or vegan, or you just prefer to eat less meat, I would turn to whole foods when you can think eggs or yogurt, if you include those, if you're not vegan or beans, lentils, quinoa, edamame, tofu, ideally sprouted non-GMO tofu, but do what you can. Hemp seeds, chia seeds, all these whole foods, plant-based protein options are going to be better than anything extruded or processed or uh, quote fake. I hate the term fake because it sounds demeaning, but meat alternatives are, are a nicer name for them. And when you do eat a plant-based burger or other meat alternative product, if you're counting protein, err on the side of a little bit more grams of protein than you need from these plant-based alternatives so that you're getting, you're absorbing exactly what you need. Now, if you're curious to learn more about this, I will, of course, as always, link to the study in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. It's time for Megan Recommends, and you might know that I consider myself a bit of a productivity ninja. You see, I see about 30 to 35 clients per week, so all the other stuff all the revitalized work that I do, the blog, the podcast, social media, my client follow-up emails, speaking, uh, doing all the business stuff, like all the stuff that it takes to run a business, making freebies for you, social media, my newsletter, my continuing education, all the other things that I do happens outside of normal business hours in quotes. And even though I love my work, I really do. I still don't want to spend hundred percent of my life working. So I care a lot about making those hours super productive. And I've experimented over the years with various productivity enhancers, everything from changing the lighting in the room to changing the angle at which I'm positioned in the room to nootropics or, uh, different supplements that, that help or supposedly promote brain function, some of them work, some of them don't, to Pomodoro timers and so much more. But what I'm sharing with you today is a new tool that I've tried that I love, and I'm really excited for you to try it as well. It's called Brain FM. 
I don't actually know if you say brain FM or brain.fm, but the website is brain.fm. I'm going to keep calling it brain FM. What it is, is functional music that's optimized for different effects on your brain and your behavior. What does this even mean? It's like regular music, but it's overlaid with various tones and beats that are very scientifically placed and specifically designed to elicit what's called neural phase locking. Now, what does this mean? It kind of sounds like music with some extra beats thrown in here and there. So like you notice it when you hear it. It's not, if you're really paying attention, you would be like, hmm, something's different about this music, but it's not so um, uh, extravagant that it pulls your attention away. In fact, quite the opposite. It's designed not to capture your attention. It's designed just to be like in the background of whatever you're doing. And these extra beats, these, these scientifically added phenomenon in here, they're, they're in patterns that are specifically designed to help you focus or unwind or even sleep. Now I use the focus music and I promise you it truly does help me focus. And I thought at first that some of this might be like placebo effect, which in itself is honestly pretty cool. I can make an argument for that. If I set a timer on brain FM for 60 minutes and I'm like, I'm going to focus, I'm sending myself a signal that this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I'm intending to do. And just kind of like Pavlov's dog, if you remember that, I might establish that neural circuit that when I put on brain FM, it's time to focus. So my brain actually knows what to do during that time. So even if it were just that, I would kind of think it's cool, but it turns out it's not just the placebo effect. Brain FM rigorously tests its music with neuroscientists, psychologists, and academic institutions. They publish white papers on this stuff. They use placebo-controlled trials, and they have proven the impact that they're trying to create, which is awesome. So once I heard this, I heard it on another podcast, and I was like, hmm, kind of intrigued. I believe the science. I'm glad that they're very rigorously testing this stuff, and I'm always looking for another tool. I looked into it. It turns out they offer a free three-day trial, which I did. And as soon as I did that free-day trial, I signed up for a year membership. Now, I've only been using it for about two weeks, but I personally do feel that my productivity and focus has enhanced. I'm also experimenting with the chill, which is like the unwind type music during my morning routine. And I'm enjoying it so far. It's harder for me to notice a benefit on that because I already felt chill while I was doing my morning routine, uh, but it's certainly not hurting and it's kind of fun. And it is for me, definitely helping my productivity when I do heads down work like this. So if you do a lot of this type of work, if you're looking for a boost in productivity, I highly recommend brain FM. Unfortunately, I have no affiliation with the company. They don't know I exist. I don't have a discount code or anything like that to offer you, but I will put a link in the show notes for you to check it out on your own. All right, my friends, it's time for the veggies of the matter. And over the next few months, I'm going to scatter in a few previously recorded episodes that I think you might need to hear again. Now, don't worry. I'm still bringing you brand new interviews and lots of new content, 
but I know that I need to hear messages over and over again. So I'm going to reshare some of the previous podcast episodes that I got the best feedback on to make sure you're hearing them again and again, and make sure you're absorbing that content. As you might know, whenever possible, I always like to strive for continuous improvement for myself. And that goes for the podcast too. So for this particular episode where we'll be talking about travel tips, I am going to take it to the next level. I have developed a free PDF download for you that goes along with this episode that gives you all of my favorite healthy travel snacks. It's super awesome. If I do say so myself, it has a bunch of links in there that are handy that will help you be prepared for your next trip with the snacks and the products that you need. You can find that at bit.ly, which is bit.ly slash travel snack freebie, all lowercase one word. So bit.ly slash, I'm going to spell this out for you. T-R-A-V-E-L travel snack. S-N-A-C-K, freebie, F-R-E-E-B-I-E, bit.ly slash travel snack freebie, all lowercase, or the full link will be in the show notes. Now let's dive into this content. You will hear me in the intro and maybe throughout referencing returning to travel for the first time. So you'll know this was was recorded initially in the summer of 2021, but it is still perfectly applicable today. I hope you enjoy. It's time for the veggies of the matter. And with the world slowly opening back up and Memorial Day and summer coming up right around the corner, more and more of my clients are traveling. And I'm someone who traveled pretty frequently before, relatively frequently, And I haven't traveled in 15 months. I actually took my first plane ride in 15 months this past weekend for a one-day trip to my niece's high school graduation in Colorado, and it felt surreal. I had to dust off the cobwebs of the healthy habits that really make me feel best while I'm traveling. So as I was doing that, as I was brushing up myself, I decided to compile all of them for you. Hopefully these will help you brush up before you take your next trip so you can come back feeling good. You can come back feeling rested and refreshed and healthier than ever instead of that awful feeling like you have to, quote, start all over upon returning. No one likes that feeling. So we're going to talk about how to avoid that feeling. I have divided up my tips into four sections. It's preparing for the trip tips for while you're actually on your way to wherever you're going, tips for during the trip, and then tips for returning home. And today I'm going to give you the top two tips for each section. Just in the interest of time, I'm going to only cover the top two tips for each section. But if you like these and you want another tip or two for each section, I'm going to link a blog post in the show notes that I wrote this week as well uh, that will give you all the tips. So just Scroll to wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or wherever, just scroll to the bottom of your phone or wherever you're listening and you'll see all the links that I always mention. When I say the show notes, that's right there at the bottom of your podcast player. All right, so let's dive into the tips. First is preparing for the trip. And my number one tip here is to choose healthy accommodations. So 
I always, some people I know look for like, you know, the hotel with the nicest views or the nicest pillows or whatever. I always look for a hotel with either a gym or a nearby space that I can hike or walk or run or something like that. Honestly, when I'm traveling, my whole point of travel isn't the workout usually. So I am very unlikely to like look up a gym, drive somewhere specifically to work out. That seems like a waste of time and I want to save my time for other activities. So I really prefer a gym where I, I mean a hotel where I just have an option to work out right there. Of course, you can always work out in your hotel room, even if you just have like a closet size space, but I really prefer a gym or somewhere outside where I can walk, run, or hike. So that's what I look for. I also really prefer a hotel room with a mini fridge so that I can stock up on some healthy items uh, for my trip. In fact, this past weekend uh, in Colorado, I my sister and her husband actually booked their hotel room first, and I booked my hotel a few blocks away just so I could be near to the trails, have a gym, have a mini fridge. Um, my hotel was also cheaper, so I think I totally won that one. But I will go so far as not to stay with my family just to get in these things. So choose healthy accommodations, number one. Number two, as you're preparing, is to scope out some healthy restaurants in advance. So depending on what the um, the attitude of your trip is, we almost always run into the, that awkward time when everyone's super hungry and you're kind of between activities and no one wants to choose and everyone's saying, I don't care, let's go wherever you want to go. And then everyone's over hungry and it's a disaster and you go through McDonald's. No one even wanted McDonald's. You know, that's the kind of situation that I really try to avoid. So I always scope out a couple of restaurants with health, healthy options in advance if someone else on the trip really wants to go to a specific restaurant, then great. I can find healthy items anywhere. That's no problem. But if we're in that I don't care situation, at least I have three or four options that I've looked at in advance. I have them saved in the notes on my phone. This is a go-to option for that I don't care situation. So that's how I would prepare for the trip. Then let's talk about when you're actually in transit. There's a tip here for car trips and a tip here for plane trips. So for car trips, this is honestly the easiest. It's so great. I drive to Colorado at least twice per year. This past weekend, since it was just a one-day trip, I flew, uh, but I will be driving very soon. Um, and I love packing up my car with a bunch of stuff for the drive. Because if you've ever driven from Dallas to Colorado, you know that there are a whole lot of Dairy Queens, a few Sonics, and like some hit or miss gas stations. Um, and I just don't really want to rely on that for my whole 13-hour day. So I pack my uh, entire lineup of food for the whole day with me. I'll generally pack like a smoothie for breakfast because it's easy to sip on and drive. Maybe like a wrap on a Siete tortilla. That's a grain-free healthy tortilla with a veggie pack for lunch. Maybe I'll stop for dinner, like stop on the side of the road, have a salad with whatever leftovers need to be cleared out of the fridge, something like that. 
And then I'll always bring plenty of snacks as well. I um, am not someone who promotes just kind of snacking all day, but let's face it, if you're doing a 13-hour drive by yourself, sometimes some snacks help you stay awake. And I would way rather be snacking on some extra veggies and be safe and stay awake for the drive than uh, either, uh, heaven forbid, get too tired or uh, have to rely on the Rolos. Here's a little known fact about me. If I were to go into a gas station and just throw caution to the wind, I think I would get Rolos. That might not be what you have guessed, but that those Rolos, they are really good. But I don't want to have to rely on that. So I always bring an extra veggie pack, even beyond what I've included in my meals. Uh, again, munching on veggies is the least of my concern. So some extra veggies there. I like to bring like dry roasted edamame for something crunchy, maybe some blueberries or an apple, something for a little sweetness. Of course, I'll probably also bring a square or two of dark chocolate because, you know, chocolate fits its way into almost every day in my life. Maybe I'll bring some protein snacks like a turkey jerky or a healthier protein bar. Maybe I'll bring some olive packets for some healthy fat. And in the blog post that you'll find in the show notes, I have links to all these snacks and more so that you can uh, check them out if you're going on a trip. But the point is, if you're driving on a car trip, pack your food as much as possible, including some extra healthy snacks. And then if you're on the plane, Unless your plane is like long, we're talking, you know, five, six, 10, 18, however many hours, I actually recommend just really focusing on hydration and eating before and after. It's it's better for our digestion not to be eating the whole plane trip. Um, so don't, I used to bring like, you know, six snacks to go on a two hour plane ride because it was fun and they were healthy and it was fine. Uh, but I always used to feel kind of bloated and digestively just uncomfortable, not discomfortable, uncomfortable after the trip. And I think that's because in part, um, our, our GI system is under a different force of pressure from the pressurized cabins. And so if you can imagine undigested food in your GI tract and then the pressure is changing and like inflating and deflating, you're going up and down, that causes a lot of gas to be moving around in your system, which is not pleasant. Plus, planes are kept at 10 to 15% humidity, which is actually three times drier than the Sahara Desert. And that means you'll lose a lot of fluids just by breathing. So the uncomfortable pressure changes, the undigested food in your system, and the dehydration, that's just a recipe for digestive disaster. I highly recommend focusing on hydrating really, really well. I honestly bring two liters of water on any flight uh, or if I am, you know, taking a, an intercontinental flight, I will bring even more, but I just try to guzzle as much as possible and focus more on hydration than on eating on the plane. So that's my tips for in transit. Now we're going to move on to actually during the trip. And my first trip is to choose some non-negotiables. 
The entire point of your trip is not to be, quote, perfect. I don't like that word anyway. It's not all about eating just the same way you eat at home. None of that stuff is relevant here. I don't see any reason to be overly restrictive on vacation. Of course, if there's something that you want to enjoy, if you're going to New Orleans, enjoy a beignet. If you're going to Paris, enjoy a croissant. Enjoy whatever it is you want to enjoy. I totally think you should do that. Um, And I also think there are some non-negotiables that will not detract from your enjoyment of the trip, but will help prevent you from feeling awful when you come back. So for me, those are almost always, I have three three to four non-negotiables for most trips. Number one is almost always water. I can drink water almost everywhere. And if it is a place where it's not safe to drink the tap water, then it's just an investment that I'm willing to make to buy bottled water, filtered water somewhere. I can do that without sacrificing the enjoyment of my trip. So water is a non-negotiable, some kind of movement. If I'm sightseeing and I'm walking around all day, then great. I don't need to fit in an extra workout. But if I'm, you know, like sitting on the beach all day and uh, my body is not in drastic need of uh, more rest than that, then I will fit in a workout no matter what. That's a non-negotiable. I also have a minimal morning routine non-negotiable. So uh, for me, at least it's some form of gratitude, a few deep breaths, something like that. I don't always do my whole morning routine, but something to set the tone in the morning is important for me. And then almost always I'll come up with a minimal level of vegetables per day. So I usually at home average eight to 10 servings a day. Maybe on vacation I'll set my non-negotiable as three servings of vegetables per day, or I'm going to get in a salad every single day or something like that just to make sure I'm getting in vegetables. And your non-negotiables might be completely different, which is awesome, but I just encourage you to set them before you go and find a way to stick to them. You will feel so much better and you will not sacrifice the things that you really want to enjoy just by sticking to these non-negotiables. The second tip for during the trip is enjoy what's important to you without throwing in the towel. So just like I said before, if you're going somewhere special, enjoy whatever it is that's special there. Or if there's something that you really love, enjoy it. It is not the time to, actually never is the time to feel deprived, uh, but especially vacation. That said, most people they go totally the other way. They say it's vacation, anything goes, and then we're eating all the things even if we don't really want them. We've probably said something like, oh, it's vacation, let's get donuts for breakfast. And maybe you don't even like donuts. Maybe you'd feel better with a veggie omelet and some fruit and something like that, and you're going to enjoy something more indulgent later in the day. Just pay attention to what you really want and don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel and just um, have that it's vacation, anything goes mentality. So in order to do this, I usually recommend one of two strategies to clients. The first is the BDD rule, which I believe we've talked about on the podcast before. The BDD rule stands for bread, drink, and dessert. And on a normal meal, I like to recommend choosing zero or one. On a special occasion, choose two. And a super special occasion, like 
maybe that fancy restaurant that you're going to the one night on vacation or something like that, then choose all three. But choosing between bread, drink, and dessert will really help you moderate those things that add up and make you feel less than ideal. The second option or second strategy would be to count extras for the day. So an extra is just what it sounds. It's it's a, something above and beyond what is physically health promoting. So maybe it's like chips or alcohol, fried food, sweets, something like that. And maybe you say that your goal for vacation is going to be um, three per day or one per day or five per day or 10 per day, whatever you feel like is reasonable for you. You set a goal, a budget, if you will, for your extras in advance, and then you can spend them however you want. If you want all alcoholic drinks one day, as long as you're safe, then do that. If you want all cookies one day, then uh, go for that. But wherever, whatever number you set, you're sticking to that to encourage yourself to make intentional decisions. Now, finally, we're on our way home, sad, Um, And the two tips here are one, to focus on the future. Whatever happened on vacation, it's over. When you're on your way home, there's nothing you can do about it. It's over. So just recommit as soon as possible. Do not let that vacation mentality bleed over into the next week and the next, and then it's January and whatever. Just get right back on to the things that make you feel great. So maybe that's signing up for a Monday morning workout or Uh, telling your partner or your kids or whoever that you're recommitted and you're going to eat a lot of veggies or whatever that means to you, just focus on what you can control, which is the present, um, and what you can plan for, which is the future. Let the past go. And then the last tip of the day is to get your meal plan done before you arrive home. So whenever I'm flying and we get that announcement that says electronics need to be stowed, I automatically get out my pen, my pepper planner, and I do my meal plan right then. That's like my trigger. Okay, electronics off, it's my time to meal plan. I can do a meal plan really quickly in five or 10 minutes. If I'm driving, I obviously don't get out a pen, but I'll just think about it mentally and then I'll write them down as soon as I get home. But use that time that you're traveling home to get your meal plan set up because what's probably going to happen if you don't do that is you walk in the house, you're exhausted, you have laundry to do, you have like 8 million things to catch up on on work, and then the meal plan never gets done. So use that time on your descent or on your travel home to get your meal plan done. All right. So like I mentioned, you have a couple more tips for each section in the blog post, which will be found in the show notes, but I hope these tips helped. And I hope that if you're traveling soon, you will be safe and healthy and enjoy yourself. Well, hi there, friend. Do you feel pretty good, but not great? Are you trying so many things for your health, but you're just not sure which ones to focus on? Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed with your health and maybe even throw in the towel because nothing really feels like it's working? I've been there. And after getting to the other side for myself, I've helped thousands of people get there too. I promise you there is a better way than trying to research and try all of this on your own. There is a step-by-step system I've proven with over 8,000 hours of one-to-one coaching, and you can do this in a positive way. 
I call that way the Revitalize Health Accelerator. The podcast, the blog, and all the other information I put out there are the why and the what to do for your health. You can think of Revitalize as the how. I walk you through every single step of revolutionizing your life, and I'm here to support you and keep you accountable every step of the way. Every single woman who has been through the Revitalize Health Accelerator has raved about it. Women who have been struggling with their health, their body image, their energy levels, weight, bloating, sleep, digestion, emotional eating, so much more for decades, they finally feel amazing. Take it from them. Revitalize is the last health program you will ever need. If you're ready to feel empowered and energized about your health, head on over to www.thelionsshare.org slash revitalize to learn more about the program. And let's chat to see if you're a good match to be the next reveler. My friends, you made it through that episode. Congratulations and thank you for listening. Your call to action today is pretty simple. Whether you have a trip on the books or not, Head on over to bit.ly slash travel snack freebie, bit.ly slash travel snack freebie, all lowercase, and download that PDF to make sure you're prepared for your next trip to come out of that feeling your best, your strongest, your most vibrant. I know you'll love this, and I hope you love today's episode. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the Lion Share website.